I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Brought to you by Time to Pet and Pet Perennials. How far are you willing to go to get exactly what you want out of your business? Eleanor Oates, owner of Sitter for Pets, went as far as to create her very own customer relationship system. Eleanor describes her journey into pet care, how she has been able to move through dark times, and what it means to conduct and have personalized pet care for her clients. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Thank you for inviting me. I'm I'm really glad to be here. Um, Yes, I'm Eleanor from Doncaster, born in Barnsley. So that's where my accent comes from. So I will apologize now if I... uh, that going into Barnsley accent mode. Um, yeah, so I've been a pet sitter for about between 10 and 15 years now. I've been doing it full time for that length of time. Yeah. What were you doing before you got into the pet care? Right. What I was doing before, I've come from a corporate background. So from, say, my early 20s um, through to mid 30s, I was working in. Um, in county courts, in small claims. Then I went into insolvency, working with bankruptcies and things like that. So completely different life until yeah. I started doing this, yeah. Well, so how do you think that that kind of background impacts how you run your business now, given that you were kind of in the, the, the corporate legal-ish world? That's and, right. Yeah, so how, what have you taken from that and applied to your business? Um, time management, a lot of it, and the ability to use Excel and <laughs> Word, those kind of things. Um, helping with the procedures, helping with putting questions together about you know the client's house and the pet and what the routine is, um, terms and conditions, those kind of things. That the business side of things is what my my career is up with for sure. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing that a lot of us struggle with because we don't have that background, right? One thing about that's neat about the pet care industry is that there's no training program, there's no schooling that you go to. It's all kind of learned experience. And then we kind of look up and find ourselves running a pet care business a lot of times. And, and now we have to yeah. backtrack and learn all this stuff. And you mentioned time management. I think that's so important as business owners because we do so much. So for you, how do you make sure that your time is yours and it doesn't get away from you each day? Good question. Um I try and put it in uh in my diary, really. So I will try and allocate as difficult it is when you've got dogs and cats running around your feet and they all want a bit of your time. Um is to try and schedule a certain time in the morning to answer emails. Um, or even if you cannot manage it during the day, wait until the evening and set yourself an hour in the evening. Um, it will cut out the TV watching on a night, but it's still you're still doing it in that day. It doesn't. I always got stuck between nine and five, so I would try and work between nine and five like I usually would. But then on an evening, I would still open up my laptop. I'd still be looking at my phone. So I was not only working nine to five, I was now working nine until like nine at a night. So it didn't really, it didn't really help, but I did try and stick to my guns and say, okay, I'm going to answer my emails between 10 and 11. And again, maybe at seven till eight at night. Um, I would try, I put reminders in my phone to say, go for a walk without the dog or without whatever you're looking after, just to have some time where you're not aware that there's another dog there, that you might meet someone around the corner, that they don't like those kind of things. It's a set time for yourself as well as the pets that you're looking after. Mm. That's a really good idea because many times we go, oh, I'm I'm already outside. I'm already walking. I, I love doing this. But we kind of forget how much work is going into that walk with that dog, how much mental stress and mental burden, like you said, of like, oh, how's the dog going? Is it too close to this? Is it going over here? How's the harness fitting? How's it looking? Is it getting overheated? All those things that you have going on in your brain 
are not there <laughs> when you don't have a dog. And so when we talk about getting stepping time away, it's it's both that I love that idea of integrating that physical activity as well, but also going do stuff without the mental burden. Because if you if you are still doing tasks with a mental burden, it's not a break at all. Right? You're not actually getting separation from that and then scheduling that time to do that. I know for me, I try and schedule time throughout the day, but I always have this nagging thing in the back of my head of like, well, I got an email. I'm going to answer it in a couple hours, but it's there. It's there. It's there. <laughs> so how do, you, how do, how do, do you suffer from that or is that just me? <laughs> no, no, I suffer from it myself. As soon as I hear a ping on my phone, it's like, ah, oh, I've got to see what it is. It could be important. It could be this. It could be that. And then you drive yourself crazy. So you have to do it. Um, it it's actually interesting at the moment because I'm reading books. I love reading books about mindset and I'm reading one about ha- habits and how they're formed. And now you can help change good habits or bad habits. So that is actually really interesting that we're talking about it actually today with with things like that. But I try, if you can, is even if you try to turn your phone off for an hour, it, it, it's, it's difficult sometimes because you think, oh, if someone's reaching me, what if there's an emergency? I completely understand that. But if you can just find, even if it's just 10 minutes and you find that turning it off for 10 minutes, I've turned it on. Nothing really major has happened. I might have missed a Facebook post, but nothing seriously happened. Then you find that it's okay to to switch off, even if it is just 10 minutes, because it does your mind so much good. Yeah, it starts with the 10 minutes, five minutes, switching off and exactly. going and just relaxing. And you can feel it in your body whenever you go. My One of my I love to do in the springtime and summertime is to go s- turn things off and go just lay on the grass in the sun and just kind of be in neutral territory and just be doing nothing and everything's kind of pleasant and nice. And you get this very sense of deep relaxation. But if you don't build up to that, it's hard. Like if, if you pluck somebody up and go, go relax on a beach. It's like you just spend the entire time stressing and it's awful. And so building, like you said, those habits, taking those 10 minutes. Okay. And for me, I know I have to remind myself, this is good for me. This is good for me. This is good for me. When I start to panic and I start to go, what if, what if, what if, you know, this time away is good for me. And kind of just do some self-talk there through those, through those, through that anxiety that you have will help, I think, build up a lot to that point where you can go, okay, that's going to be over there. I'll get to it. And I have other things to focus on. I have plenty on my plate <laughs> to focus on right now. I don't need to be adding in emails or phone calls or or social media. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> now, 10 to 15 years ago, um, I think you started to get into pet care, but really what for you was the catalyst that took you into the industry right um it was completely utterly by accident and that was a car accident i was on my way to work and i had a car accident and i was off for seven years on long-term sick i had operations and scans and all sorts of things done they couldn't find what was wrong with me um so i was in my 30s at this point and prime time of my life and i was at I was living at my parents' home and I couldn't barely walk around the house. I was on morphine. I was admitted to hospital regularly. Um, it was a really bad time until eventually um, I kept paying privately to see consultants because it wasn't happening fast enough as far as I was concerned. So I wanted to pay privately to, to, pay, to see people and eventually I got to a consultant that felt he understood what was wrong with me and I'd um I had a, an operation and I'd torn inside of my hip and they couldn't see on any of the scans because it covered 25% of the area that the MRI scan didn't cover so it was just my luck that all these MRI scans I'd been having were not covered was not seeing the area um wow. So eventually, we, I had a camera into my hip. They found the problem and fixed it all in one go. And I went home and I was on crutches recovering um, from this operation. And it was out of the blue at that point that my cousin rang me up and said, I understand that you might be going a bit stir crazy in, in the house all the time. Would you mind if you came to my house? 
and looked after my my dogs and my cats for two weeks were going away. Mm. And um, even to this day, I keep saying, I think my dad had already packed my bags by the time I had finished on the telephone call. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was quite pleased with the fact that I was actually going away. <laughs> um, so, yes, I um, packed my bags and then they dropped, the mum and dad dropped me off at the at the and I stayed there for a fortnight. Uh, I didn't need to walk the dogs. They were only Jack Russells and they had a big garden. So they said, look, just open the patio doors and let them out and let them back in again. And that's what I did for a fortnight. And while I was sat there watching their massive television and eating everything out of their house and home, I decided that I thought, well, this is kind of cool. I really like this. Um, they, my cousin came back and the house was clean and the dogs and the cats were all happy and content at being at home. Um, and I went back to mum and dad's. And then slowly I went back to work, which is a slow return to work. And then that's when the phone calls happened. I started getting phone calls at work saying, oh, you're that cat woman, aren't you? Oh, you're that dog person. Uh, I'm like, I'm at, I'm at work. And they're going, oh, no, what you, Donna, she, she's telling everybody that she's got a pet sitter and how wonderful it is. Well, she'd gone back to work. She was a veterinary nurse and she's gone back to work and started telling everybody that she's got a pet sitter. And uh, these people have, uh, she's kindly let them have my number. And <laughs> <laughs> these complete strangers are ringing me up at work, <laughs> asking me to look after their pet. Um, and that's how it started. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I, I mean, <laughs> random phone calls. You're- you weren't even putting yourself out there, but you're <laughs> that that seems like you went through a pretty pretty dark time about and, and really struggled to to stay moving forward. Um, what kept you What kept you going and and motivated through that process? Um, I've always I've always been quite driven. I'm always quite a focused person. Anyway, I like to try and. If, I, uh, if I'm in a bad situation, I try and almost flip it upside down in my mind, if possible. Mm. If anything goes wrong, it is so easy um, to moan about it and complain about it and everything. It makes us feel good to have a really good rant. It does. Um, so what I try and do sometimes is, yes, I will rant and complain about things, but then say only use... 20% of that energy and the other 80% I try and nip it in the butt and just switch it and say right let's I'll spend this energy that I would normally be complaining and try and find a solution to what is happening right now in my life so that's what I kind of try and do I have a bit of both I have a bit of a rant and oh this is not happening and that's not happening and I'm not happy but then say right let me stop now and look at this problem and see if I can fix it. Yeah, it does. It does feel really good to go on and on and rant. And like you said, rant and moan and gnash teeth and, you know, really <laughs> get angry about it. Because uh, that's that's a release of energy. And, and while our body feels like I'm doing something, mentally we know nothing's actually changing. And so like being able to make that switch and go, okay, I've had my cry. I've had my rant. Um, now it's time I, I, to, to go do something and the do something could be maybe I need to wait more. Maybe I need to go find additional experts. Maybe that's, I need to, uh, you know, go out and market more or do something else. But using that energy to motivate us through those times really does help us to, to keep moving forward. So we don't stay stuck. I know. I think we've all seen people who just seem like they're, they're just stuck in this constant cycle of complaining and it's all terrible and nothing good can happen and going, okay, well, what if, like, I think at some point you have to realistically sit down and go, okay, but what have you done? What have I done about the situation? And maybe, you you know, and, and until you've exhausted everything, you know, we can always try one thing more. Yeah, I completely agree. You're getting random calls at work uh, from people and you are, so I imagine business started to pick up pretty quickly. How, when did you decide Oh, maybe this pet sitting thing is what I actually need to do. Um, well, I was going to work 
And then I would leave work at tea time and go to somebody's house and stay there, walk the dog, stay there overnight, get up in the morning and go to work from their house. And I'd probably be there for a week. And then another week, I'd be going to work and going to another house, staying there overnight and driving to work the next morning from that house. So that's what I would be doing. Um, Now, I would arrive at work and there would be a code that you have to enter in order to get into the building. And every time I walked up to that door and entered that code, I started feeling um, like down as though I, I want to be doing something else today. I don't want to be, I don't want to be here. Although I must say that the same employer is the one that kept my job open for those seven years. I'd only been there about a year before I went off sick and he left me, my job open for me for those seven years before I got back. So even though I was walking up to this door and having to put this code in, I was thinking I would rather be doing my own business, being my own boss. But I really felt that I didn't want to let my employer down by him, you know, having kept my job open. I felt obliged to stay. So every time I'd I'd shrug it off and I'd go into the door and I'd do a full nine to five and then I'd leave and I'd go to someone's house to look after the pet. And and this went on for about a year or longer. And every day it got harder and harder to enter that code into the building. Um, But then I thought, if I don't do this, I, I will never know whether I can run my own business or not. I'll never know if I'm capable of doing it unless I ever go. So I thought I'm going to I'm going to stay here for another year or so and I'm going to save up as much as I can because I had a house to pay for, even though I was never in it. I was paying for a house <laughs> and all the rent and the bill and the bills and everything. So I thought I will save up so that I have at least a year's worth, maybe maybe a bit less, um, so that I could hopefully at least leave if if I could and then I'd have a little bit of a safety net that if I didn't get enough work at the beginning that I would have at least something to pay for my house and my bills and then I would just work like crazy that was the plan and um, I was there for at least another 18 months until I'd saved enough money to do that and then yes I had a conversation with my boss and which was very scary thing to do I can remember it now, and it was it was hard to sit down and add a, a full spiel ready and what I was going to say to him and why I was leaving, and I'm really sorry that you've left my job open all this time, and, and I'd finished saying what I wanted to say, and he looked at me and he just went, I knew you'd go. I knew you'd, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I have been, I've not slept for three nights. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. I knew, I could tell you as like going to own your own business, you, you're like me from 20 years ago. So, you know, get yourself off. And I'm like, the relief was unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that, but, you know, <laughs> that's amazing to have that kind of support and that he knew and was just like, okay, well, obviously, okay, bye. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> I was going crazy thinking and thinking about it. And to this day, you know, we still go out for lunch. He pays, of course, but we go out for lunch. <laughs> well, it's great that you've kept that, that relationship and that friendship and that support, right, That from that. And I think that's really critical to when we decide, okay, it's time for me to launch into this dream that I have and this passion to have people around us. And I think sometimes we have to hunt and peck for them, but sometimes they're right in front of our faces. And, you know, if you had never had that frank conversation with him and had decided, oh, maybe I'll just, you know, not show up or I'll, I'll, you know, try and do this some other way, you know, you might not have had that relationship still to this day with him. You can see he really respected that. And that meant a lot to him that you were, went through that process. And it's, you know, and I, th- I think when we look for support in for ourselves, to just be honest with people about what we want to do, why it's important to us, and they'll step up or they won't. And we keep those people close that, that are going to support us because we really need that in, in business, 
and especially running a pet service industry in the pet service industry where it's a weird thing to be involved in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kidding. <laughs> Have you heard of Time to Pet? Dan from NYC Pooch has this to say. Time to Pet has been a total game changer for us. It's helped us streamline many aspects of our operation, from scheduling and communication to billing and customer management. Uh, we actually tested other pet sitting softwares in the past, but these other solutions were clunky and riddled with problems. Everything in Time to Pet has been so well thought out. It's intuitive, feature-rich, and it's always improving. If you are looking for new pet sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show save 50% off your first three months by visiting timedpet.com forward slash confessional. When you, when you look at your, your clients and you've started to build clients, how do you know and how do you go about thinking about what they want and then meeting those needs? Right. Well, when I first started, I was just, I just basically asked myself one question. What would I look for if I was having a complete stranger in my house looking after my pets, basically? And I just thought, well, They'd like me to have, um, maybe you know, insurance, and um, they'd like me to maybe have like a police check, which shows that I've not got any convictions. Um, maybe a qualification in pet first aid would help them feel better in case something happened out of the ordinary or an emergency. That I would be qualified to at least help their pet with the first aid before taking to them vet if that was necessary um and to get reviews from other people so i'd already been helping family and friends for quite some time so they gave me good reviews and references so i used that to say look this is where i'm coming from um things like that really what what would help and then looking after their home and their pets the same way that they did so i asked lots and lots of questions about what is the pet when do they get fed where's the walk show me where the walk is is there any streets that i need to avoid is there a certain dog that they're going to go crazy about every time they see where's your vet's practice where you know these kind of things what do you want me to do in this kind of situation or that situation or where's your um, fuse box in your house where's the you know the smoke alarms where's the um, gas meter those kind of things that in case you know there's a burst water pipe in the house I know where the water stop valve is and those kind of things Mm. and I know sometimes those questions can feel like they're overburdensome to Mm -hmm. some clients and I know that I've gotten some clients who just when you go through those questions they're just like oh I just want you to just take care of Mm -hmm. my stop I just want to take my dog and us going no no like I need these (laughs) like you don't like I I, these questions are important to me being able to care for your pet and your home while you're away I I've had to explain to some people I know this is a lot of information but this is going to help me provide the best care possible to you and make sure that you have peace of mind and we can handle things if they come up and, you know, whether you get pushback or not, I think really thinking through all the questions and you rattled off some there, but everyone's going to have their own kind of unique take mm-hmm. on those. I think it's important to sit down and go for me and my business and how I run and operate. Mm-hmm. What do I need to know? And and how am I going to get that information? And maybe I ask in person or maybe I ask in a form that I send to people or maybe, you know, texting or however that is. Like that's that's where we need to sit down and go, OK, I need information. What is that, first of all? And then a, B, how am I going to go about collecting that? Mm-hmm, that's right. So you're, you're pr- providing care and you've gone from, you were using word of mouth um, from your one champion that was telling everybody about you. What, was, what did you start doing next as far as, okay, I need to ramp this up and I need to start growing and I need to start getting more clients through the door? Um, how did you go about getting your name out there when you were first starting out? Right. Well, um, I had, like I said, I had about about six months worth of um, of bills and everything paid for. So really what I did was just run around like a complete nutter for six months, which included things like um, doing door-to-door leaflet dropping, um, creating business cards, a lot of advertising, really. I created a, a website. I um, did things like um, I would use, say, Google, for instance, and say, um, pet sitters in my area. 
and certain websites would automatically come up on the first page of Google, for instance. Um, instead of me trying to reach the top of Google when I was very new, I would look at these sites. Most of these were just genuine business sites. Anybody with a business could join them. So I would create a free advert on their sites rather than try and reach the reach above them on their research results, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it was a lot of things on the internet um, back then. And like I say, main things about it is, is um, walking around where you know dog walkers are going to be or anybody that's got a dog or any, any vets are really good. Um, all those kind of places. That you, that you can go. Um, coffee mornings are really good because anybody who's got a dog loves to talk about the dog. So if you can get anybody talking about the dogs, you can then give them a business card. Um, so it was a lot of trial and error. I would try a lot of things. Some would work, some wouldn't. Um, one of the things would be like I would put um, uh, an advertisement on the back of my car. So then... While I was driving around, um, stuck in traffic or whatever, people would see my car. And then when I was at the house that was pet sitting at, they would see my car then. So a lot of people on the street would just turn up to the house that I was sat at and ask me for information. So they were coming to me as well. So that was a good thing. So yes, it was just a lot of things of thinking what I could possibly do, what other people might be doing in something similar looking at other people's websites that offered a similar service, service and basing mine on, on that kind of research. Yeah. It's a reminder that there's so much free things that we can do for our business yeah. when we're first starting out. And even whenever we've been in business for a really long time is we can continue to get access to those. And, and I love the, the, the tip of when you're talking to pet parents and if you meet them out and about, it can be a little intimidating to go, how do I tell them I'm a pet sitter, right? How mm -hmm. do I tell them that I'm a dog walker without just being like, let me walk your dog, right? Like <laughs> you could try that. That's fine. But yeah, that easy, that, that shallow entry into that pool is, oh, who is this? Tell me about how long have you had them? Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. what's their favorite toy? Do you take walks here often? What, you know, you can ask so many questions about the dog. And as you said, they, pet, pet, pet people will talk about pets day in and day out. And then you can easily transition into, I, I start transitioning into more stories that I can tell about my experiences. And then be like, yeah, as a pet sitter, I can do blah, blah, blah. And then here's a card. And it just can flow naturally. I think that just takes a little bit of practice and it does feel awkward at first. But to just start talking to people about their pets and then progress the conversation towards where you're hitting a card. Oh, it's so wonderful to meet you and Fifi. And oh my goodness, they're just so cute. If you ever need any help or have any questions, let me know. And then boom, you're done and you're off back to the races. Like it just, it doesn't have to be this big formal presentation. Yeah, I agree. It works. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I was on, on your website, you have the phrase a couple times, personalized pet care. And I did want to know what that means to you and how you implement that with you and your team. Right, personalised pet care. It's um, it's just making sure that the pet parents know that it is specific for their for their requirements. Really, so say that their their pet is is um, only walked a certain amount of time a day, or in a certain area, or they're on medications, or they have deliveries every other day come into their house um they've got certain plants that require certain care I, i've had i've been to places that got like 100 cactus and <laughs> they need certain care and um yeah so it's personal to them because it's their home and their pets and each person is so much different to, to the next so Making it personal is, is really, like you say, it's asking a lot of questions, but those questions make it a personal experience because th their answers could be completely different to my next client, and that's what makes it personal. So, um, And we like to leave notes at the end of a sit. We just leave them a personal note saying, we hope you've, you know, you've enjoyed your holiday, and, and we know where they've been, so we can say, we hope that your weather's been okay, and those kind of things so it is 
we create a relationship with each client. Mm. Yeah, that starts by paying attention during that meet and mm-hmm. greet when you're coming over doing that in-home consultation of and kind of I kind of comparing, okay, what information did, did they give me beforehand versus what am I seeing with my eyes right now? And that can be as simple as I just as an example, we came into a home and they had a gate going from that kept a barrier into their laundry room where they had cat food. And they had they had not said a single word about this gate the entire time of the of the consults and talking with them. And finally I was like, So can you tell me about this gate over here? And they're like, Oh yeah, that must be kept up at all times otherwise the dogs will get in there and eat the cat poop in the litter box and the cat food and it was like yeah that was uh, that's good information to to know and so not being afraid to go hey i'm seeing this can you tell me more about that or hey you know i noticed you know I, i've never been asked to care for over 100 cactus but uh, that would be quite the extensive thing but you know if you notice somebody has extensive plants and they're not saying anything about them going hey i noticed you've got some really nice plants over here by this window is that something you'd like me to care for while you're gone those kind of observing and then offering in a way is what's going to help people go oh man this person's really paying attention to my needs and Mm -hmm. and how they can help care for me yeah exactly it does um you do notice a lot of things at the the pet me and even when you're at a house it it's things like before we leave, we notice what kind of bread that they may leave as bread and milk. Um, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But we can tell which type of milk they like and which whether they like, say, brown bread or white bread. So what we will do is then go and re- replace that with the type of bread that they like. So if they want green top milk, that's what we get them, not what we would drink. But so we just leave them one pint and a loaf of bread, the ones that they are used to getting. So when they come home, say they come home really early in the hours and, and they just want maybe a quick cup of tea and a slice of toast before going to bed, they're getting that, but they're not only getting that, they're getting what they're used to getting. And it and it's those little tiny things that make such a huge difference. Yeah, especially if you are consuming them, you're using them, replacing them. Now, I know some clients may go, oh, you don't have to worry about that. But if that's something you're really passionate about, going, no, no, like, I, I want you to come back into your home. The goal of this is for you to return home and be able to just enjoy your space. And not have to worry about, oh, I've got to go get bread. I've got to go get milk. I've got to go this stuff. It's like, no, like you, you, we want you to have a better experience than that. Like if that's your goal, that means we have to replace these things. I also noticed on your website that you have a lot of really good videos that you have explaining your processes, showing the care, talking about why you do what you do. Why did you decide to use videos as opposed to some other format of text or just photos? Um, personally, I think videos show your personality. They can almost visualize you in their home and based on your your energy, the way you speak, the, the, how passionate you are about what you do. They can say, yes, actually, I, I'd be happy with that person being in my house. And I mean, let's face it, we're, we're sleeping in these people's beds. This is a personal thing. It's a professional business. But it, it's very personal as well that we're using these people's sofas and, and beds and showers and kitchens. It, it's a big thing. So I feel that the more they can have a connection with me and see, oh, yes, I, I might not be able to understand that lady's Barnsley accent, but she seems really good with cat and dogs, then it definitely... It definitely helps. So the review ones are really good. They were they were great. I asked a, a, a few of my, my clients to leave me a review, and they did. So that's what those were. And the other ones are really just to show who I am and that I am real, and it's a real person. It's not a massive company. It is me. Um, and, yes, it's it's gone a long way to showing people this this people that have rang me and just said I've only chosen you simply because of your videos I like who you are and how you come across and that is the one reason I've chosen you over the other other businesses so they do do work yeah they're a great way to get ourselves out there in front of people before they even ring us or they before they do that the the consult because 
they're going to meet us eventually, right? Like, like that's going to happen, <laughs> whether we like that process or not. So being able to get our ourselves out there so they can kind of they can pre-screen us we're always thinking of ways of how do i get people to know who i am when without me in front of them and so we build websites we do social media we do posts but having these videos where people can go and learn from you see who you are hear your voice hear your corny jokes or your personality or whatever's Mm -hmm. in there that's going to help them make that decision faster so that by the time they're calling you they really know who you are and it's, it, everything's already been sold all you have to do is schedule the the consult and go from there but for people who may struggle with that and go i'm never like you want me to do video what kind of recommendations would you give to people before they sit down in front of that camera uh, yes um i feel I feel exactly the same. I must admit, the videos may come across as though I am more than happy in front of the camera. Trust me, it's not true. <laughs> I am terrified. <laughs> I must do 300 takes before they actually reach the website. So don't think for one moment that it is easy. I completely understand it's not easy. Um, the the my partner helps me or did um a lot of them I've done myself um, but recently some videos we've done together and he has to now he tries to trick me he will pretend because there's a red light isn't there when you're recording on any kind of device he knows that I know that when that red dot is on I'm being recorded and I fluster and I get my words mixed up and I I panic. So what it will do is cover that red light so that I think that I am not being recorded and I am much better then. So I will talk naturally and I might wear a bit more than I should and I say certain things and <laughs> and then you will just leave it running and then take time, you know, cutting it down. But it's not more natural that way. And people actually said, you know what, we prefer your outtakes. I would keep some of the outtakes at the end just for a bit of fun, just to show people that this is not doing it anyway, but it's not for me. So people would say, oh, you know what, yeah, we know you're like, but we just fast forward right to the end (laughs) just to kind of watch your outtakes. So because they're more funny, but everybody's their own. It's hard, but please, it's worth doing. So even if you just have to take five takes to to do one minute video, then please do it. It does not have to be perfect. It doesn't. You just need to have them on your website or whichever social media that you use because people are not really looking for perfect. They're looking to see if you're the person that they want to look after their house and their cats and their dogs. And whatever pets they've got, it it's that personal connection with you. So please have a go. I know it's hard. I trust me, I really do know how hard it is. But I also know it's well worth doing it. And the more you do, it it does get easier. It does get easier. And I really appreciate you pointing out the fact that it doesn't have to be perfect and that that people are actively looking for that. They can clients are going to be able to tell you know, is this is this super mega polished and produced, or is this really a genuine person who is talking to me right now? And that's what they want. They want that personal connection, and we can give them that by leaving in some of the uh, mistakes and not editing all those out and not feeling like we have to be 100% perfect all the time and not being afraid. And I also like the trick that your, your partner does of hiding that little recording light, kind of forgetting it, because we do get in our brain and we go, we go, oh man, is it I, I what it, we get that weird stage fright when we go I'm being recorded all of a sudden it becomes this big thing and we blow it out of proportion and just being able to relax and forget that the camera's there and so for me a lot of times it's maybe I don't put the camera right in, in front of my face but off to the side so that I can kind of forget it's not really directly at me or things like that and it just ultimately just takes practice and getting comfortable when they say getting comfortable in front of the camera that's what that process is we're getting comfortable we're allowing our personality to come out not being afraid to say things that 
you know, we personally say, but we're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't, or however the phrases or whatever we use, like that's okay because that's the personality people are looking for. Yeah, exactly. They're worth doing for sure. Yeah, <laughs> and they and they can be fun, and you can show so much information with videos a lot more than you can in a text or in a photo, especially if you're showing processes or you're talking about how you do things or who you are like that. It comes across much more natural as well. And people are more likely to watch a short video as opposed to reading paragraph after paragraph after paragraph about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. My, my videos get quite a lot of, um, you know, people looking at them and, and seeing who I am and then booking just from seeing a video. You already know that Pet Perennials makes it easy for pet sitters and dog walkers to send sympathy gifts and milestone gifts. But did you know that they've designed a new line of car air fresheners? These air fresheners integrate long-lasting car-filling scents with adorable animal designs and clever expressions that deliver a little inspiration while you drive. They're actually releasing new designs quarterly, so there'll always be something new. And they did send Megan and I some of these to try out. We've been using them in our cars for several weeks at this point. I've been using the cat freshener that says, you're perfect on it. And my daughter still really enjoys watching this swing back and forth on our rearview mirror. Uh, Megan has the hamster enjoy the little things because strawberry is her and our son's favorite. They're really well designed and they are super cute and very (laughs) long lasting. Air fresheners make great gifts. Give an air freshener to new clients or send a small birthday gift or holiday gift. You can order a case of your favorite designs for $1.95 each. Or choose to have Pet Perennial send it as a gift package to your client with their handwritten card and gift wrapped for $12.75. That does include shipping. Check them out at PetPerennials.com and be sure to register for that free business gift service account. You only pay for what you order. Now, a lot of companies use software and they use things to run their business uh you've actually i think developed your own software system <laughs> which why why, why? <laughs> good question why i like that <laughs> um yes well i have been using um let's say a normal system for for a long long time um just using um Paper, you know, I've been everything on on paper form and filling forms in for for many years, and they worked perfectly fine. And then um, the, the what I call the CIP, the client information pack, asking all those questions, it got to about twenty pages long, simply from all the questions that I ask my clients. So I, I completely understand how, how difficult it can be for them to answer all this stuff. So I thought I am losing so much paper by asking people to fill these forms in. So I had it created on as part of my website. It was online form and we and that worked for, for many years as well. Um and then I met my partner just before lockdown and my partner is a software programmer. So during lockdown when he had nothing else to do and he couldn't leave the house I demanded, stroke, ask him to create me a system based on how I run my pet sitting business. So it helped me with things like sending quotes and sending invoices, um, reminding clients that they had certain questions maybe outstanding or they need to check certain things. Um, it helped me send them updates so it would help me it would have things like a task that would say that the pet has been fed or it's been walked or it's had a medication or the bins have been taken out and put back those kind of things so we could just tick a box and it would say yeah the bins have been taken out or put back those kind of things and it would say uh, you could update with photos and short videos and messages but it was a big thing really and it took him quite a long time because it's from scratch so I could have used, there's quite a lot of apps out there that do this kind of thing. And um, it's just that I wanted, I had a perfect opportunity to create one that I wanted solely from my business. So that's what we did. I did the creative kind of side and Martin did all the programming computer side of it. So between us, we built this one system that runs my Pet sitting business, it helps me with all the admin stuff, the stuff that you get bogged down with. 
Um, and it frees up quite a lot of my time to then go and pester him even more. <laughs> <laughs> There's do more stuff. Well, so, soft, software and, and having those processes really does help streamline us. And I know if we are, you know, solopreneurs, um, one staff, more like, it really does help in many aspects of so streamlined communication, invoicing, billing, updates. It helps us keep track of information. I think that's the biggest part of getting software of where do I store all of my information for my clients so I never lose it or I never forget it. Well, it really helps to have a system in place that does that for us. And um, I'm sure, you know, for you being able to go, how do I work? How do how can I design this to meet my needs so that it works for me? It must be really freeing and really great to know, like, this is exactly how I function and, and my processes are exactly represented here. Yes, it was it was a lot. I remember quite clearly being sprawled out on the lounge carpeted floor with paper everywhere just scribbling down exactly what happens when a client contacts me for the first time and then every single step that we all do right through until you actually finish the sit itself and you're asking for a review everything and it took a long time and then you look back and think wow I do all this stuff without almost really thinking about it But then you can look through and say, right, well, I don't really need to answer all of these um, inquiries. I answer them myself anyway, because let's face it, I'm a control freak and I cannot let my business go. It's my baby. So although I have this system in place, I must say that at the moment, while it's still new, I am almost hanging over its shoulder and going, oh, do I really want to press this button or do I want to do it myself? So I'm kind of in that kind of zone at the moment. But I must admit, when I do let it do its job and I click one button to send a quote rather than sending an email, typing an email, attaching the quote to it and then send it the email itself, it, the, the steps are much less, which saves me time. So then I can look at where my business is going. I've been doing this for 10 years full time. Now, I don't have a house. I just go from one to the next, to the next, to the next, all year, all the time. And I would like to take a step back, maybe do a bit of more automation in my own business to free up another vision, something else. Now, I, I do want to ask you, when you were going through that process of lining out your entire processes, when you were going that, other than being extremely painful and arduous, um, mm. did you did you discover that you needed to change things or you could refine and uh, do things differently while you were going through that? Yeah, it was it was a massive help because if you hold it all in in your head, it, your head kind of like kind of tries to make it a lot like it's hard to explain. Um, it tries to group a lot of things into one thing basically. And until you write it down, you might think, oh, well, I only do this part for for sending a quote, for instance. But when you actually really need to break it down, there might be 10 different things in that one section that your brain has decided just to block into one thing. So when you have to write it down, no, I need to do this, which follows this, which follows that, that's when you can look back and say, oh, well, if I move that up to there or down here, it will save me this step. So when you, I almost did it. I'll tell you how I did it. I did it as a flow chart, yeah. basically. You know, like a family tree. Yeah. I basically yeah. did it like that. So at the top, I would say something like inquiry and it come in and am I available or am I not available? And then that, there'd be two lines there. And if I'm available, um, but only part of it, do I offer it to a sitter? And which sitter is it? So there'd be a question and then there'd be underneath, there'd be an answer, which would lead to another question, which would lead to another answer. So I would have, you can imagine the amount of paper. Yes. Lots of, lots of paper and lots of boxes and lines and questions and answers. Um, but then I pretty much physically stood up in the lounge and just looked at all my work and thought, right, I can, I can move that here. I can move that there. And that's, that's when we looked at putting it into a software because it 
it was much better to do it that way than it would have been just to put my whole business on the software and then try and change it. Yeah, because you're really optimizing at that time. And I know that's one of the best reasons to sit down and outline. It's not just, okay, I need to outline because I'm going to hire somebody. Sure, that's a reason to outline Mm -hmm. everything and work through your processes. But I think even more than that is to sit down and go, are my processes actually functioning well? Could they be done better? And like the only way that we can see that is when we write it down because our heads are terrible at keeping track of minute little details and what happened before and what's going to happen next and see the entire process. We're awful at that. (laughs) And we get distracted and we're tired and we're busy Mm -hmm. and there's all sorts going on. So being able to sit there and go, look at this and and putting it physically in front of you so that you can actually pick one thing up and go, this goes higher in the flow chart. I'm going to do this soon. I know for us, one of the things that we did was we would wait kind of, we used to wait really long in the process before we had the client sign the the agreement. Now, we've cut out some information for the agreement so it's not specific to their state, it's just our general practices. And we have them sign that basically at the very beginning so that mm-hmm. they we know they're committed. And that has cut out so many questions and things that have come up through the onboarding process. It's like, but we would never have known that had we not sat down and actually gone, okay, first they do this and then we do this. And then we start going, "Oh, well if this is up here, well that saves us so much time." Okay, well let's do that <laughs> and you're able so it, you're able to see that yeah it's it takes a lot and i must admit i was thinking i haven't i kept saying to myself i haven't got time i haven't got time to work through all the procedures in all of my business i'm too busy getting house sitting um but if you've kind of if you can this is where your time management comes in is to try and set even if it's an hour a week to work on this thing and you do it gradually. I kind of like blitzed it in one day, I must admit. I just sat down with plenty supply of Yorkshire tea and didn't leave the lounge until I'd done it. But it's each to their own. But you, it is important to get your procedures down because you can, you, you know in your mind then, I've got all the paper, they're all rolled up and they're all still safe, tucked away, so I know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet that's something to see. Uh, we need it. We need it. Photo for the show notes. No, uh, kidding. Uh, <laughs> but you, you, you're kind of doing all this to an end. You said you have an interest of stepping back and doing more things. So, what's your, what's kind of your next step for yourself and you see for your business? Oh wow! Um, my next vision would be to try and, um, well, I'd like to offer the, this um, computer system to other sitters. Really, that's what I'd like to have, have a go at. Uh, maybe just. Um, within my area at first to like have say a beta testing group that can try it out for them to see if it works to um to help other cities um save time um the other thing i would like is which is a massive massive goal um is to try to have some kind of like um group of sitters that i kind of mentor and and help and they have the same kind of um Steps in, in things like, you know, like I said about the police check and the insurance and the pet first aid and things like that. If I could have sitters that agree that those kind of things are, um, you know, a good thing to have and important, then I could say, well, if we, if you join this computer system, I will not only help you with the running of business, I can help you with the clients that I cannot. I won't be helping anymore because with a step back, I wanted to work about six months out of 12 now. I am now reducing my client base. So now I have got to a perfect point in my life where I no longer advertise. Don't I don't need to. I've got my regulars that come to me over and over again. Yeah. And um, I'm kind of like stopping. It sounds a bit crazy, really. Um, but I'm wanting to say, right, well, I no longer do this because I'm wanting to help other sitters do it the way I did it. So if I get these sitters and, and can say, right, if you do it this way and that way, like I did, this is kind of where you might end up with, hopefully. And the clients that I'm no longer helping, I can say, sorry, you can't have me personally anymore. However, you can have access to these sitters that I have trained and I've got the same basics that I had when I first started. 
So I'm not just stopping and I'm not helping and I'm turning work away. I want to be able to say, no, I I, I might not help you personally, but I'd like to help clients find the sitter that they're used to and sitters find clients that understand what what's involved and, and respect sitters. Yeah, because we, we always want to know who can we can refer to and who we can trust if we can't take on business. And it sounds like what better way to do that than kind of training up more local sitters around you and kind of your process and your ways of doing things and having that group and community close by that, that you can kind of oversee and help and assist and, and mentor through that process. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm wanting to do, really. Um, it's, um, you know, like you say about your mind um putting everything into blocks of things and you're not realizing how much is actually involved in all of that you don't realize how much you learn and the experiences that you that you have when you spend such long time it's not just a job to me this is my life because I do with this all the time my kind of personal life fits around my house and pet sitting so me visiting family and friends and going out is all based on where I'm house-sitting, where the house is, where my family are, how long I can leave the pet for. So I do fit my life around this job, which I'm sure many, many people do as well. Um, And I'm just, you learn a lot, and I would like to be able to share that. Rather than just stop and say, okay, I've done my bit, I, I, I could easily just not bother anymore and just keep with my own clients and plod along. Um, that's just not my way. I would like to um, almost create a legacy and say that I'd like to look back and say I've, I've helped 100 sitters, maybe even more, that are all helping the clients that I no longer help and everybody knows what does what and clients understand how we work and um, and sitters know how, what clients expect. Um, it all becomes like a big family, really. Yeah, it does. It does. And that way we can help them and it kind of gets back to when you were talking about uh integrating and that personalized pet care and providing that for longer and to more and more people over time right that's you know where you can help help more people i'm really excited about that and i really appreciate you joining us today to talk about your journey through pet care you. you know and how we can push through the hard times and tough times that come and go but also how we can continue to meet the needs of our clients with excellence and focus on that personalized care and then use videos to their, to their highest mm-hmm. possibility for us. But again, I know there's a lot here and you've got a lot going on. So how can people get in touch with you, follow along with your work and start asking you additional questions? Welcome to uh, see me on, on Facebook. I have got Facebook page, which is Sitter for Pet, or my personal page, which is Eleanor Marie Oates. Um, there is an inquiry form on my website which is sitter for pets as well um if you'll just fill that that in it will come through as an inquiry like you're looking for work from me but i will understand um that it's not that um so don't worry about it it would be best if you could possibly just contact me via facebook um that's probably going to be the best way really and then i will i will just reply on that i'll be happy to Okay, wonderful. I'll have links to those on the show notes and on the website so people can get connected and start right. asking you questions. Eleanor, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. You don't know how much you're going to learn until you start digging. By taking a deep dive into our business, we do so many positive things for us. The first one is that we will refine our processes to make sure that they are better for our clients. And secondly, we become better educated about our business. We get to see what the inner workings actually are, where the pain points are, where we can improve. Is it functioning how we actually want it to function? And then do something new and different. If you haven't taken a look at all of your processes in a long time, or maybe you just did it recently, I encourage you to take a second, a third, a fourth pass with fresh eyes to see your business anew, to see it from a perspective of somebody who hasn't developed it, 
This can be hard. So find some space, find some time to really comb through everything that your business does. And this is a process that never ends because as we begin to change one thing, it's going to impact other things down the line. We want to thank our sponsors, Time to Pet and Pet Perennials for making today's show possible. And we really want to thank you so much for listening, for joining us today. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back again soon. I'm <laughs> sorry.